Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. It is episode 78. And Wade, we were going to have the week off. I felt like there wasn't a lot of content this week. I'm kind of lining up some guests for next week. I was like, you know what? We'll take the week off. And semi-emergency pod today with the Trevor Bauer news. Yeah, that douchebag. <laughs> Your former favorite player until he signed with the Dodgers. I wouldn't say favorite player. Those are your words, not mine. Yeah, I think they're appropriate words. On today's show, Wade has moved on from his boyfriend, Trevor Bauer. So I think Pottery fans and Wade are now, we're now diving deeper into Trevor Bauer's history and learning about not just who he is, but what he's, how he's performed the last few years have come to the realization now that he's on the Dodgers Maybe he wasn't that good the last several years. Maybe. Good timing on that. Wade, is he, is he that good now? If the Pottery signed him, was it a great move? If the Dodgers signed him, it's a bad move. No, he's not that good. Never thought he was very good. Sure. And uh, we're also going to step back into the uncertainty waters around MLB. The season essentially kicks off in two weeks when pitchers and catchers report. The first reportings um, happen in a couple weeks. And there's still some things up in the air, which is weird. But I guess it's not that weird because this time last season, well, actually, this time last season, nothing was happening. But uh, the uncertainty going into the regular season, once spring training was shut down, things became very uncertain. And now we're kind of back in the same boat. It's good to know that Baseball got their act together last year with very limited time and resources to do it. They figured out what they wanted to do. And up until the last couple of days of the season, they were still making changes to what the playoffs would look like and what the rules would be. And so I'm kind of just not that worried right now. Are you? No. Well said. But first, wait, <laughs> bet online read. The Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on the action at betonline.ag. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog bet the Chiefs against Kansas City. Looking for back-to-back title for the first time in almost two decades, BetOnline has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. Always available online or on your mobile device, visit BetOnline today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Always take the over on the national anthem, right? I think you have to, but with limited fans, I don't know. Maybe the under this year. Oh, might just power through it quickly. Exactly. Hmm. There will be some fans there. There's been reports that they could increase the attendance because it's Florida. You never know. It's the Um, 
25, I think they're saying 25,000 right now that could bump up. So is it going to be that different? I guess no. They usually do those kind of performances on the field with fa- extra fans too around them. That'll pro- they'll definitely be gone. There's no like concert style performance here. Do we even know who's singing the national anthem? I have no idea. I've never cared about the national anthem before. <laughs> Until you bet on it. Until I bet on it. That's all. I just need to know five minutes before who it is. Do a quick Google like, oh, have they ever sung the national anthem before? Stuff like that. Jasmine Sullivan. Never heard of her. Is that a, is that a real person? Yeah. All right. I don't know any of the new artists. It could be, she could be the most famous pop singer in the world right now, and I still probably wouldn't know her. She released her debut album, Fearless, in 2008. She's 33 Fearless. years old. How's the puppy she's doing? R and B singer. Oh, she's joining singer Eric Church to sing the national anthem. It sounds like Margot be- is auditioning to sing the national anthem. She could do it. She hits those high notes. She does hit the high. I just worry about her bass. Yeah, she she's not a tenor. Taken to the crate, well. She is out of the crate, staring right at me like I'm surprised. <laughs> And now you're engaged. She she sees you talking about her. One thing I did want to mention before we get into the rest of the show, I noticed this last week and didn't mention it, but Kylie McDaniel tweeted out uh, MLB is going to do its first ever pre-draft combine for the top 88 prep players from June 20th through June 28th in Cary, North Carolina. Eight games, showcase workouts, medical examinations, etc. Are you in on this? Because I'm I think I'm really in on this. Is it just going to be like the NFL, though, where it's like, oh, I'm not going to go, you know, if I'm a top 20 player, it's like, what's the point if I go and strike out three times, it only hurts me. I don't know, because someone's going to go like if the if a few of the top guys don't want to, I don't really care because there will be big names there no matter what. Kind of like just like the NFL combine is now a few of the guys opt out. Sure. But I think a lot of the guys want to go be seen in person and showcase what they're all about and meet managers hand it, shake hands, you know, do the whole thing. Plus eight, eight games. This is going to be way better than the NFL combine where it's dudes in spandex shorts with their dicks hanging out, literally sometimes running, (laughs) running and jumping and doing the splits. Like I don't, I don't care about any of that. The combine is so dumb, but the MLB combine might have actual games. This is cool. You think they're going to uh, run with cups on or without? (laughs) I never wore a cup. No cups. <laughs> so shave a couple seconds off that uh, 40 time. Ooh, shave. I like where your head's at there. Shave too. Yeah. Yeah. We no longer have that uh, sponsor though. So. <laughs> the manscaping. Uh, manscaped. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Don't, don't measure dicks the combine. It's never, it's never a good look. So you're in, right? You're going to, if there are combine games on, you'll watch. I mean, now that I have cable, probably. <laughs> and now that you care about prospects, since I dragged you along in this prospects podcast. Yeah, I'm a big prospect evaluator now. Mm. Well, you will be in June of this year. Correct. Trevor Bauer. So this was big news. The Padres were out, as we know. I never wanted him, as you know. You kind of did. Not sure. This is courtesy Jeff Passan. Dodgers are blasting through the luxury tax threshold, $205 million team salary before the deal with Bauer, $5 million under the tax is, is pre Bauer deal. 
Now with Bauer, they are $240 million team salary, $30 million over the tax. That is the highest payroll in MLB this year. And they still might sign Justin Turner. So that would push them far and beyond the second place Yankees who are, do I have the Yankee salaries here? No, the Yankees are in second place. Um, team salary, I think it's like $185 million. So not even close. The Dodgers are over that uh, luxury tax, 20% added to the difference between the what their salary, team salary is and what the tax floor is. Basically, they're paying an extra $6 million in tax this year. So Bauer, who signed a three-year, $102 million guaranteed contract, $40 million is going to be this year, 45 next year. He can opt out after each of those years, meaning he could make $85 million in the next two years and then opt out. Is this more than Garrett Cole? Uh, short term, yeah. It's way more. Gotcha. I think I think Garrett Cole's AAV was around $30, $33 million. I don't have the exact number in front of me. But so he it, is it, the highest paid pitcher ever per year. I think this is the highest salary for a, for any player ever. Any player. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, not just this year, but ever. And this, I mean, that kind of happens. I think that's mostly just a newsy thing to bring up that, oh, now anytime someone signs a new massive deal, it's most likely going to be the biggest effort. If these are the best players and you're, and you're Trevor Bauer and you're coming off one of the best seasons for a starting pitcher ever, even though it was 11 fucking starts, 11. Um, yeah, you're going to get a lot of money. The Dodgers, who print their own money, basically, because they have the best TV contract in sports, they really don't care. This is monopoly money to them. You are the proponent of, it's not my money, so just just spend it. The Dodgers are clearly thinking the same thing. Andrew Friedman is thinking the same thing. It's not coming out of my paycheck. The Dodgers have the money. Screw it. It's a short-term deal. Uh, he can opt out after this year if he wants. He can opt out. After, I don't see how he could possibly opt out. But you, he's yeah, off the he's, books. He's not opting out. There's no scenario where he he opts out. <laughs> um, but let's say he he opts in for all the years. It's He's only on the books for three years. And that third year, the salary comes way back down and it's more manageable. So the Dodgers are all in, as we knew. But now they're even more all in. With Bauer. And I think this is a direct correlation to what the Potters have been doing. It has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the Potters, you know, on paper, some were saying we're better than the Dodgers. But I mean, now it was close. I, I don't know. Yeah. Not many people were saying the Potters were better, but it was very close. Right. And now, I mean, the Dodgers pull ahead again. It. I think it just matters. How, or it depends on how much you think of Trevor Bauer. And yeah, he had an amazing year last year. It's his first appearance in the National League. Isn't it? He, he'd been with the... No, he was, he was drafted by no, the Diamondbacks. He was, he was with the um, Reds. Well, no, last year, yeah. Was with the Reds. Before that, he was with Cleveland. And before oh. that, he was with... Uh, he was drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let me, let me pull up his actual trajectory here. Because I'm blanking. There might have been another team mixed in that I'm forgetting. Lots of edits today. I love edits. Diamondbacks, Indians, Reds. Okay, so yeah, he he started with the Diamondbacks. Was a totally different pitcher back then, and then I don't th- he had a couple good years with Cleveland. One really good year, and then his first year back in the National League, he had to take it's it's fresh fresh eyes. We see this all the time with pitchers, especially pitchers who go to a new league and have a lot of success right away because nobody has seen them before, and you know, good for him. It was a really sh- small sample size. 
and he killed it in a year where he was going to be a free agent. He timed this really well. He was signing all these one-year deals and he got really lucky with a short season being in a new league and he performed very well. I don't think that's who he is going forward and the Dodgers are paying him like this is going to be a yearly event with Trevor Bauer. I think that's misguided and I think this is a vast overpay, but it does not matter for them. It's different if the Padres had done this deal or if basically any other team, not the Yankees, the Red Sox or the Dodgers had done it. It's different. They can afford to do it. If it's a bad contract, they can the move Mets, on. Too. The Mets could oh, in the Mets, maybe the Mets, but if it's a bad contract, whatever, they're not getting the value out of it, but they'll get the wins on the field for it. So what, so what if they overpay? They don't care. Right. So we agree. This is a reactionary move to what exactly to what the, the Dodge, the Padres were doing. Absolutely. Yes, there's, uh, there's, yeah, no they're debate scared. Here. And, and because they're scared, they had to make another move. How do you think the rotations specifically match up with the Padres now? Because the Padres well, not all, the Padres are paying far less for their rotation. Let's say Denelson Lamette is healthy. I'm going to assume it because he currently is. I, until you're not healthy, you're healthy. And with pitching, it can change in a day. I don't want to hear anything about Denelson Lamette. Like, oh, he's most likely not going to finish the season. He's healthy now. As the, as the case with every pitcher, there's a very good chance they don't finish the season. But he's healthy. Snell's healthy. Jarvis is healthy. Those are three Cy Young top... Top Cy Young finishers last season. So those three guys right there are studs on par with anyone else in baseball. The Dodgers, three studs. And I'm looking at the top three specifically because that's kind of who you have to face in the playoffs. And the the, the only thing that's really going to matter with these two teams is how you do in the playoffs. Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller. And Kershaw, we know who he is. The Padres are very familiar with Kershaw. I, I don't mind the matchup with Kershaw. And Kershaw, injury history, he was healthy last year, but like every every day that he's healthy, I, I think he's one of the more injury risk. He's up there with Lamette with injury risk. I think any day during the season, Kershaw's back goes out and he's out for several weeks, you know? And right. Bauer, Bauer's never strung together back-to-back impressive seasons his whole career. I was mentioning how he started with Arizona he was only in Arizona for four starts. He was drafted by the Arizona, but then barely played for them. And then he's been in Cleveland most of his career, never strung together back-to-back good seasons. And I was actually, uh, this year, Bauer pitched 11 inning, or eleven starts for the Reds. But last year, I had forgotten he was traded midseason, had 10 starts. And those 10 starts, he was awful. So I get that recency bias is a real thing. I get that my favorite term, uh, my, my term of the, of the offseason has been pitching is <laughs> pitching performance is nonlinear. So it doesn't just because Bauer was good last year does not mean he's going to be good this year. If he was bad the year before, doesn't mean he's going to be bad again, but he's, he has uh, a wide range of possible outcomes. He's very up and down as a pitcher and to give him $40 million, I think is insane. The two staffs together, I think, it, it, let's say we get last year's Bauer, you know, let, maybe he's not, you know, a one five ERA guy, but let's say he's like in the twos ERA. Um, I think they're, they're hard. It's hard to give an advantage to either team. I'd call it a wash. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think where the Dodgers 
Raptors really get you is in the four or five because we don't know what David Price is going to be. Um, David Price. I'd rather have I'd rather have Chris Paddock than David Price. Would you? Yeah. I think that's a bold take, but um, I mean they they do have David Price and then Dustin May is also an up and comer. So like one I through like, five. I like I like Dustin May, and I think he owns the Padres. Every time he pitches against the Padres, I feel like he's close to a no hitter. Right. I think one through five, they are much stronger, but mm-hmm. if we're only going top three, I think we're right there. Yeah. And, um, that's a good point. The depth of the rotation is better. I think for the Dodgers, you're right. Yeah. And who you didn't mention Julio Arias, who is very good also. Right. Completely forgot about him. Like, but the, yeah, the, uh, the depth of the rotation is not as big a deal in the playoffs. So that's why I'm calling it a wash. I think that's fair to call it, to call the top three, four guys a wash. Because that you're not going to see the fifth guy. Maybe they come. Maybe Dustin May and Julio Arias are guys that pitch only if there's injury, or they're coming in later in the game for two or three innings or or less. Right. Yeah. With the new year comes ton of big games in sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos. Perfect for game day. Plus get free chip shipping with code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor. Mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp with wrapped bacon, Every order is flash frozen delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use your code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. Anyway, uh, how do the Padres match up against Bauer specifically? This was interesting. Our buddy Rupert tweeted this to us Machado in 17 at bats versus Bauer all time has hit 588 667 on base 1400 slugging which is nasty five home, or uh, sorry four home runs and two doubles Machado owns Trevor Bauer just feed Machado like thank you Dodgers yeah um t- the, talk about a great matchup Machado is gonna be licking his lips every time he sees Trevor Bauer on the mound and that's something that I think can bleed over to the rest of the team too. The confidence factor, him, you know, helping them in the video room between games. Maybe they know tr- they'd spend more time watching video with Machado. Um, Hosmer also has a decent sample size, 24 at bats. He's hit 250. This is typical Eric Hosmer numbers. He's hit 250 with a 308 on base with <laughs> one home run. Brofar, 10 at bats, nice. 300 hitter, 462 on base. 400 slugging, no home runs. Bro for our bats when we see Trevor Bauer pitch against the Potters. Lock it in. Put him in. Yeah. And then uh, Will Myers is one for six, but small sample. Anyway. Bro far is definitely when uh, you see Bauer pitching a uh, DraftKings draft. Ooh, I like yeah. that. We should get DraftKings to be a sponsor. We'd love that. Yeah, Bro for that's a great call. Um, Thank you. He's going he's gonna to be the left fielder every time we see Trevor Bauer. Okay. Anyway. Those are the matchups. Not too many other than Machado who just eats Bauer for breakfast, which is cool. You like to see that. And he hits, I feel like he hits against Kershaw pretty well too. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you know, just eyeball test in my, uh, my steel trap memory. I feel like Machado does well against Kershaw. 
Yeah, I, I mean, we had the home run last year with the bat flip off of Kershaw. I, there's been a couple of those. That's why uh, our Twitter cover photo is Manny uh, attacking Kershaw from behind. Do you know yeah. what that's from, by the way? We never, I never talked to you about that. Uh, I don't have the picture up. It's Manny behind Kershaw. He's smiling and he has a, he's a slitting Kershaw's throat. It's pretty graphic, but it's from, do you know? So I photoshopped it, obviously. It's from Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's when Rob, it's at the Red Wedding. It's when Rob Stark's mom gets killed. Kershaw is Rob Stark's mom. And Machado is, uh, I guess it's Ram- Roose Bolton. I think it's Roose Bolton. I'm not sure. It could just be a random uh, fray. But I'd have to look up the original picture. Anyway, just throwing it out. It's a little behind the curtain look for you people. Anyway. Last thing I wanted to go over before we do um, some Super Bowl props in our lock of the week, MLB uncertainty. So I just wanted to talk about this really quickly again. There's a hilarious, uh, I saw this on ESPN from Alden Gonzalez and Jesse Rogers did a really interesting piece on uh, ESPN talking about what is what the season's going to look like, all the new rule changes from last year. Are they going to carry over this year? The consensus here is... Other than that three batter, three batter minimum rule, which was in place before the pandemic, that's the only thing that's going to carry over. It's looking like no DH. It's not official yet. I know we've talked a lot about this. It's definitely not official. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. Late start also to the season, which the owners have been pushing for. The players have rejected that, as we know. I, it seems like they just didn't want to disrupt anyone's timing. The, the collective bargaining agreement has all these dates set. And when the owners went to them and with all these changes that they want to kind of shoehorn together, the players were just like, we don't have to do, no, we don't have to do any of that. Let's just keep things the way they are. And so there was some talk about why aren't the players engaging with ownership about changing rules. And the, the owners went to them with X and the players just said no. And there was no kind of, there was no debate well, yeah, the player the players didn't want to do it, so they just said no. It's it's already in the collective bargaining agreement. They weren't bargaining anything new. The players have the right to just say no. So did you did you have a problem with any of that? Nope. Well said. So <laughs> they uh yeah, they just didn't want to push anything back. They disrupting just very disruptive for starting pitchers. They said no. It looks like the seven inning double headers are probably out for this year. The DH is out. The runner on second for extra innings is out. Are you fine with all that? Yes. The short season, 154 games, but being paid for 160 is also out because they wanted the, the owners wanted to tack on extra playoff games. And the, the players said they didn't want to in the the reasoning, according to, I guess, just Jesse Rogers and Alden Rodriguez or Alden Gonzalez kind of makes sense because the slice of the pie wasn't going to be big enough and the it doesn't it does not incentivize teams to try more during the regular season so the the salaries for players might be kept down because there's you don't have to win as many games in the regular season you don't have to try as hard to make the playoffs because more teams make it now i don't need to go sign um nelson cruz or i don't need to sign Marcelo Zuna for, you know, a ton of money because I'm probably already, I'm going to make one of these wild card spots. Does that make sense? I don't know that I agree with that one. That, that's it's, an interesting take. Like just six it's, it's games reaching. only makes that. Yeah. 
yeah, I don't know. Um, talking about attendance, they have not said, well, Cactus League is going to happen on time. We don't need to worry about that. The regular season, it looks like, is going to happen on time. I don't think we need to worry about that. Fans in attendance in Arizona, looks like it is going to happen. The Red Sox have said they're going to have 24% capacity at their facility. The Astros, the Nationals um, are all, they're, sell, they're starting to sell spring training tickets. And in Arizona, so, I mean, those are, those are Grapefruit League teams. But in Arizona, where, as we know, things are wild, it, it, it's going to be the Cactus League isn't going to have a say in whether there are fans or not. I think it's just up. It's going to be up to the local government. So I think there's fans at hockey games. There's fans at NBA games. I think there's going to be fans at Cactus League games. This was hilarious. The Tampa Bay Rays have come out. I don't know why, just opening themselves up to trolls and have announced that they are going to have 7,000 fans limited uh, at least for the start of the season in April at their at their facility. So when the season starts, they are not going to let in any more fans than 7,000. Which That's is very interesting. Hilarious because yeah. they are fa- they are famous for their the lowest attendance in baseball. They get right. the worst they get the worst draw. In fact, I don't think they averaged much more than this during the regular season in 2019. I think they were in like the 10,000 range neighborhood. So to come out publicly and say, we're only going to let in 7,000. Yeah, I don't think that should be a problem for you guys. (laughs) Other than that, um, all the rules look like they're going to revert back at least for one more year. And then uh, I'm I'm really only interested. Everything looks like it's going to start on time. I'm just interested in knowing how many fans are going to be allowed in San Diego because California is one of the most locked down states. There's a little bit of time here. To get our shit together, Governor Newsom, there's a little bit of time. I don't know how, I don't know if it's enough time. And if we have to go a season without being in, in Petco, I'm going to lose my shit. I was talking to somebody today. I don't know how truthful or where they saw this, but they were saying that Petco was floating the idea of 15,000. Is that game. enough for you? I mean, it, it, it's a bummer, but with, with everything that's going on, I, I will, you know, try as hard as I can to be one of those 15,000. If they can start at 15, I don't see there. It's a long season. I don't see why there couldn't be an increase of that number as the season progresses, as we get into, into summer. Right. Kind of take it on like a month by month basis. Yeah. Let's start with 15. I'd be okay with 15 on opening day. And in three months we could be at 25. And if we're at 25, that's pretty good. That's kind of what I think the Padres the, over the last couple of years when there were fans were averaging in the neighborhood of 27, 28. If I, if I remember, I used to look this up kind of a lot. Um, and you know, that takes into account, you know, there's the, the Dodger games, they would sell out 42 and then there'd be games on Monday night where nobody, it, the pirates are in town. Cool. They would get like 20,000 fans. Or like um, the Wednesday getaway day games. Yeah. Just there, there were games where they're around 20. But they, they would average about 27, 28. I think this year would have been different. I think because of the excitement around the team, they would have been averaging far more fans. But if we could get to 25, I'd be very happy with that number going forward. If just, just start at 15, get your foot in the door. It's kind of like starting the season. Once you can start the season, like last year, I knew they weren't going to cancel the season. The, too many things were in motion. Uh, Buster only was full of shit, as we all know. 
there, there's no way they were going to cancel that season. And once we get some fans into the ballpark this year, the number's only going to go up. That's how I feel. I would agree with you. Okay. Let's do our Super Bowl locks of the week. And we're going to do some prop, a couple props just for fun. These aren't going to be locks, obviously, because props are impossible to lock up. Unless you have some lock lock props. You got some some procs for us? Or do you just have a, one lock? I just have one lock. And it's okay. with the 80% of the country. <laughs> that's on my side. Everybody, this, this terrifies me. <laughs> Everybody's on the Chiefs. Yeah, I they was reading uh, article today. Yeah, eighty percent of the money in Vegas is on the Chiefs. So maybe I'm wrong on this one. Maybe I should go with the Bucks. Yeah, and for that reason, I've been thinking about this all week. I'm I've I've wanted to take Kansas City, and I want Kansas City to win. So that makes it easy for me to pick Tampa Bay. I want I'll take the points. I think it's going to be a close game. I want the three and a half. And if Mahomes and the Chiefs win, that's who I want to win. But if they lose, then I get money. So that's how I feel. Right. I mean, love when anyone in the AFC West wins when it's not the Chargers. Sure. Are you so that's your lock of the week, Kansas City minus three and a half? It is. I'm going to go with the public just because I want it. You are seven and six on the year. I am five, eight and one. Do you want to if you lose this, you go back down to 500. Are you sure you don't want to take two maybe just to be safer? No, lock it in. Okay. I'll take just because I think we have to pick the spreads every week. I will take Tampa Bay plus three and a half and go oppo on you. Other than that, I do have other locks because I'm down three right now. I'm going to give you four locks in addition to the one I just gave you. So that's five locks, Wade. Are you ready for this? Yeah, lock it in. I love the under total, 56. The last two Super Bowls have been under 52. The one two years ago, Rams-Patriots was very low scoring. I think teams come out a little nervous. I think the defenses are going to be... Uh, everybody's been loving Tampa Bay defense this week. The defense is very good. They're healthy. The Chiefs O-line is a mess. I could be, see this being a lower scoring game. Yeah, and Under the 56. refs, you know, let the refs are on Brady's side, so they, they let the Bucks defense play. Obviously. Under 56. And for all the reasons oh. I just mentioned, I also love the first half under. The last two Super Bowls have been under 21 for the first half. The first half this year is a 27 and a half over under. I think it starts slowly under the first half. I think I like both those picks from you. Travis Kelsey, over eight and a half receptions. He had eight versus Cleveland. He had over eight and a half in the first half last week against Buffalo. With the with the crappy offensive line that's going on right now with the Chiefs, they lean more on Kelsey. They're going to throw a ton. Kelsey's the best receiver on the Chiefs. Eight and a half is shockingly low. Give me over eight and a half. First play, it's a run, minus 114. It's going to be a run. I don't, I don't know why these are this is, those are such great odds for, for first play. That's always a run. I don't know. I mean, Chiefs Chiefs come out throwing. I think if the Bucks get the ball, it's a 1,000% a run. But Chiefs, I think you're 50-50. Well, then there you go. You should be playing for the run then because we don't know who's going to start with the ball. Right. So those are my locks. Under 56 for the game. First half under, under 27 and a half. Kelsey, eight and a half receptions over. First play, it's a run. Here's my fun prop. A field goal attempt or PAT will hit the uprights or crossbar plus 225. I feel like that's very low for that. Only plus 225? It's happened, it's happened four times this postseason. Okay. I don't, I don't love 
Like Harrison Butker, who's supposed to be the best kicker in the league this year, has been very suspect. And then Ryan suck up on the on the Tampa Bay side. Yeah, I I feel like uh, you only need one. I think there's there's going to be a lot of kicking in the game, and I think someone's going to hit a crossbar. That's all I need. Just just kiss kiss the crossbar one time plus two twenty five. Don't put the house on it, but throw throw enough to have some fun. Sprinkle it in there. Just sprinkle it. All right, that's going to do it then. Thank you for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Friar Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Ryan Hart. That was Wade. Talk to you after the Super Bowl. Bowers a baby back, bitch. Being Home with Hunker is a podcast where we visit with designers, artists, and creatives in the spaces that express and shape their identities, their homes. If you love design and decor, if you're curious about how people live, or if you've been transitioning or transforming your own home, you'll love these honest conversations. Join us weekly at Being Home with Hunker. Visit hunker.com forward slash podcast where you can find, subscribe, and listen to the show. Toward your destination Though you may find from time to time Hey guys, another episode of the Believe in Pottery's Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, okay, she's going back in. You want to play by play over? Yeah. She's in the crate. Okay, she'll shut up if she's in the crate. Yeah. There's like two feet outside of the crate and like the playpen that yeah. she's got to work with where she cries. But she's now in the crate. I think we're good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.